Welcome to The Fine Line, Balancing Hedonism and Health. I'm Liz Willette-Daniels. And I'm Emily Gold. So we're here at Steamboat Food and Wine. We are doing a series of five live interviews over the course of the weekend. We're really excited to bring these to you. Stay tuned for these wonderful episodes with local chefs and distillers and so many interesting stories. Thanks for tuning in. We are here at Steamboat Food and Wine Festival with Dana Rodriguez at the, it is Saturday. We are about to start the second grand tasting session and we're so excited to be here. Dana Rodriguez is the executive chef and owner of Work and Class and Super Mega Bien in Denver, as well as co-founder of Doña Loca Mezcal and Tequila. Dana was also a James Beard nominee for Best Chef Southwest in 2015 and 2016. Thank you for being here. You're welcome. This is fun. <laughs> So we'd love to hear about your journey, how you, you know, came up in the restaurant business. Now you're a mogul. I mean, tell us the process. And You know, I always uh, tell everybody that I see life in a totally different way. You always uh, end in places for whatever reason you meet people um, at the perfect time. Mm. And I moved to Denver in 1998. Okay. Uh, From and- where? From Chihuahua, okay, uh, the border with El Paso, uh-huh. and uh, I mean that was with your family. Were you a kid or no? I moved here so on nineteen nineties on Juarez, okay, as you know the border with El Paso. It was like the crazy time in that border because they killed a lot of females. Wow, um, I remember like we just the kids that they used to go to school with me. They disappear. God. And then I, I get married really young. So mm. I have already my three daughters. Um, and I say, you know what? This is not a good future. Uh, so I decide to move. And my youngest one was two months. And then I leave them with my parents. Um, I'm an only child. So my parents are very helpful with me. And I say, I'm going to explore and see. I've been in the States many times for business. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to have a small clothing store. Oh, cool. And my dad has a meat store. So he's always butcher. We have a grocery store. So we're always like in the retail kind of thing. We used to come to California to get clothes and bring it back and sell it over there and whatever. Uh, so I decide, like, I'm going to go check. Uh, Illinois, my uncle lives in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I have another uncle in Denver, and I have a cousin in uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. So I'm like, I'm just going to go and see what I feel if I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I came for like a couple of weeks and see everything, and I fell in love with uh, Denver, the weather. Yeah. yeah. It was, and Great it was weather. so beautiful. I was in Chicago at the wrong time. <laughs> it was so cold. Is there ever a right oh, time? <laughs> Three right? Weeks of the year yeah. that are the right time. Probably, but I was there and I'm yeah. like, oh, I yeah. don't know if I can do this. So yeah. um, I was walking on around 16th Street Mall, mm-hmm. and then they're doing this building, uh, Hotel Monaco in Panzano. Mm-hmm. And I'm always about, like, let's see what happened. You know, I'm mm-hmm. testing my, my future, basically. I'm like, well, I'm going to go and apply if they hire me. This is a good sign that I have to stay in Denver. Mm-hmm. Uh, if no, I just keep moving around and whatever. So uh, they're looking for everything. It's a new building, um, a brand new business, hotel and restaurant. They try to keep it separate. So I apply for a dishwasher. 
Amazing. And the guy, the chef. So uh, you, you applied while you were on a trip. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I say, well, if if they hire me, mad, maybe it's that's a sign. A sign. I'm gonna yeah. stay here. Yeah. So the guy is like, "Do you speak English?" And I say, "No." I mean, I know the numbers, I know the weekdays, uh, and a couple other things. Um, and he said, oh, it's fine. You, you got enough. this. That's enough. That's all you need. And I'm like, okay. You need to know what days you're coming and what time you need to be here. That's all I care. So they hired me. We didn't open the restaurant yet at the time. They still in the process of, you know, after construction, just kind of cleaning everything and organize. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So they start giving us, uh, giving us some hours, just cleaning and the whole thing. And then when we open, I start as a dishwasher and it's an Italian restaurant, Panzano. Um, I see a lot of things that I never see before. So it was pretty fun for me, you know, yeah. like to see something new. And totally I different cuisine. Oh everything. yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Like, I remember the first time he gave me blue cheese. I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, <laughs> why were we don't have mold? these things in Mexico? Like, we make fresh cheese. It's always white. Never have this weird thing around. Yeah. Um, I still don't understand the point of blue cheese. So, right. Yeah. So it just eh, it yeah. was it was just so new for me. Yeah. I was 21 years old with three daughters and tried to learn something new in life and try to find a new home to start. You know, Amazing. building something new. So I fell in love with pastas. You know, he was showing me how to make pastas by hand and the dough and everything, mm. all the techniques. And I'm like, oh, this is so cool. And after like three days, he said, oh, you're too good to be a dishwasher. You're going to start prepping. Wow. So I started prepping right away. And I was, I remember I was having a hard time with a lot of names. I mean, Italian names, you know, and I'm like, what the hell is that? Who can me the prosciutto, Dana? And I'm like, oh, what is that? So I start just kind of writing things the way that I hear it. Mm -hmm. And then when I go, I copy the actual name, like with pastas, mm -hmm. Agnolotti, Fettuccini, yeah. and all of this. And I'm like, I have no clue about any of that. Mm -hmm. So it was super fun to learn all of that. And when you start tasting, I remember we, he used to make the risotto to order. Mm -hmm. So it's Saturday really? night and they're like, fucking yeah. 30 minutes yeah. into that thing and I'm like oh my god this looks miserable but I guess it's, it's gonna taste really good so when I tasted it was delicious and I'm like okay I'm oh, learning something it. new yeah. um, so I called my parents and I say well I'm gonna stay here I'm gonna find a place you can bring me my kids like in a month uh, so I can find my own apartment and all of that stuff and it was super fun it was something different you know it's a, it was Exciting, but at the same time, it's scary. Yeah. You're bet. in a new country. You don't yeah. speak the language 100%. You're trying to figure it out things. Mm -hmm. And I'm still pretty young. Even if I was with kids, I was pretty young. Yeah. And a single mommy was just like, ooh, we'll see. Um, and then a year later, Jen and Beth, they take over Panzano. Mm -hmm. uh, Beth moved from Chicago and Jen moved from California. She was at a spago with a Wolfgang pack. Oh, cool. So they take over and we, you know, she's like, oh, this girl can, she speak a little Spanish because she's from California. Yeah. So she's like, I think this girl can learn really quick. So she literally just take me under her wing and bed too. And, you know, she's like, okay, you're going to learn how to do pantry and then satay and then grill. And now you do the banquets. And then I was doing the pastries with the pastry chef. Mm -hmm. And when she leaves, I take over that. So it was everything so quick for me. I mean, when you're young, you kind of you're hungry for learning. Yeah, and but that was you really good for me. Like skill. I, yeah. I wanted to, you know, keep going. So 
I learned everything from them and they decided to open their own place. Um, like around 2003, four, they start planning like we're going to have a place and Jen is like, we love you to work with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, every time she's like, you were ready to be a sous chef. The biggest fear, it was the language. Okay. Right? And it was h- more hard with my own people. You know, like the Latino community, mm-hmm. you know, when you try to like, oh, this is going to be my boss, like a girl. Interesting. So that was hard in the beginning. Huh. The the people here, the, uh, it's not exactly American people, all the people that, you know, they are from different countries, but they've been here forever. Uh, they're very supportive and mm-hmm. like, oh, you don't say things this way. The pronunciation is this way and you can practice. So very helpful. But with your own people, it was hard because I was pretty young and they are like, no, nah, I don't think you're going to be my boss. Yeah. So that was a little bit hard. But Jen is like, no, you got it. You, 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 you're strong enough. You can make it. And eventually when she said she's going to open her restaurant, I say, how long you need to move? Because you're going to feel comfortable with the person that is giving you the opportunity to learn mm-hmm. and take the time to teach you. Mm-hmm. Um and she said, well, probably like in a year we have the restaurant. And I said, well, give me like eight months so I can save some money and I become a partner. And she said, wow, she won. She's like, perfect. So I work so at Cheesecake Factory at Panzano and I clean offices. So I do three jobs at one and I start saving my money. I love and that. And when we open, I become one of the partners and I was moving to do the sous chef and then the chef de cuisine um, a Rioja. That was I seventeen mean, this years is the ago. American dream story. It really is. I mean, you, you've like we think it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. But it can. You know. I mean, I, I think it exists every day when you make the difference on people's lives. Yeah. And I think that's one of the cool things that I learned with them. Like, mm-hmm. it's all about the opportunity. It's yeah. about the perfect time. It's about knowing the right people. Yep. And the good people. And working hard. And working hard, yep. of course. How how long was the period of time from when you first got to Denver to when you opened that restaurant as a partner? Uh, we opened, I think, in 2004. Okay. So I moved in 1998. Okay. It was, you know, some it's, of the yeah. process. Uh, Amazing. Which it was great because I was m- learning quick and moving quick at yeah. the same time. And when we opened Real, huh? Um, I remember Jen is always in bed, the one like, you got to learn more. You got to do something else. They push me a lot. Yeah. They know I can do it, but I always have the fear of if I don't know how to do something 100% right, I wanted to spend the time to learn it yeah. properly uh, so I can help people to, you know, to learn mm-hmm. that way too. So she always like, well, you're going to be the chef. Now the chef, the cuisine and then this and that. And she buy Beth and Jen by Bistro Vendome. Mm-hmm. It's a French restaurant across the street from Rioja. And I was the first one, like, telling Jen, I want to be the chef at Bistro Vendome. <laughs> and she's like, hmm, <laughs> okay, that's a French restaurant. What do you know about French restaurants? <laughs> and I'm like, well, nothing, but I can learn. I didn't know anything about Italian food either. So that's my new challenge. I was probably getting to the part that I, when you start getting a little bit, confident of something and also a little boring like yeah what else can i do what yeah, else you know so you're what ready is for the next new thing. yeah so i say that'd be really cool that the people bistro Dom was a place that it was already established people go there all the time because the simplicity of the food okay. um 
And I say, how cool it will be that when they ask, like, can I speak to the chef? And it's Mexican bitch coming out of the kitchen. <laughs> like, ah, this is going to be weird. So and good. Jen is like, I think that's a good thing for you. Yeah. So I start doing that. Obviously, I start reading a lot of books and I start practice with her and all of that. And I start running uh, Bistro and it was really, really fun project. And after that, Tony was a bartender at Panzano in 1998. And we become really good friends. And we always joke around. One day we're going to do something together. We said we're going to have a food truck. We're going to have a taco stand. Mm. And I don't know. I think we just, he's from Detroit. Okay. You know, Detroit is very special. Mm -hmm. uh, he is an Italian family that they grew up, um, you know, not with a lot of money, like with a lot of kids. And parents hustle every day and work really hard. So they tell their kids, when you're hungry or you're boring or you want a toy and we can't afford that, you go and find some task to do mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so you don't think about it. And that's always his mentality. And I say, oh, it's mm -hmm. interesting because for me, it was just like, Dana, you got to learn how to do butcher. Dana, you got to learn how to do this. Dana, you got to learn how to do that. I used to do all the mechanic things on the cars with my dad. Amazing. And I started doing the butcher, like, in the farm when I grew up. like, And you don't think about those things until you're here in a restaurant. And I'm like, oh, I know how to do that. Oh, sausages? Yeah. <laughs> we used to do that. But you don't see And I it. can fix the walk-in cooler because of the mechanic, I used to do right? that now, yeah. so it, it, is, yeah, it is part of great. that, right? But yeah. you grow up doing that, that you don't see it as a business, as a career, as you're going to need it in the future. Yeah. So that was pretty interesting. And Tony and I, we always worked together. So when I was at Bistro, he was at Euclid Hall, the new one that Jen and Beth opened. So we always in the same kind of cool. circle. And also like 20 years ago, I mean, Denver was pretty small, you know, like yeah. you know, everybody in the kitchen, it mm -hmm. was probably, I don't know, 30 restaurants in the entire downtown. Mm -hmm. So we all work somewhere together. So he say, I think it's time for us to open a place, Aina. And I say, well, we'll see. Let's 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 figure this out. So he was dating um, Dolores, and she was working at Euclid Hall. Okay. So Tony's like, well, Dolores is really good with the office and all of that. I can run the front of the house and the bar program, and you can do the food. Let's do it. So we start looking for places. We look at Acorn, uh, where Acorn yeah. is and the source. That location is supposed to be for us, and then we decide to go in a different direction. So well, working class born to nine years ago. Congratulations. And yeah. it was yeah. a fun play. I mean, th since day one, coming from Rioja, Bistro Vendome, even Cheesecake Factory, Panzano. I work with Kevin Taylor. Cool. I work at Tamayo. I opened mm -hmm. that with Richard Sandoval. I wanted to learn a little bit of everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then you can find your own way to express yourself, yeah. right? Um, Beth was very helpful and still to these days about all the numbers or the back office, the things that I'm not familiar with. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Beth, I don't know if I'm not doing this right. He's like, yeah, you got it, you got it. So she's always helping me. That's great. Uh, we're like sisters uh, and we did the dinner last night great. together great, and it's always great. amazing. But it's just good to have that people that they help you to grow up and yeah. to keep learning. So when we And open, they have faith in you, right? And right? it makes you have faith in yourself, really. Yeah. I mean, when, yeah. when you have confidence and mm -hmm. someone is there like, you get this, mm -hmm. it helps you more to, you know, to push yourself. Yeah. So when we open a working class, I remember I told Tony, well, we wanted to do 
something different than Denver. Working class is very unique. We come from like a little bit of like gourmet food or high-end food, whatever, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Larmer Square. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to do something in between. That's the fine dining. And then there is fast food and Chipotle and McDonald's and all of that. But at that time, it wasn't anything on the middle. In between, yeah. And I'm like, that's what we're going to do. And that's going to be a hit because people need something in between. Yes. Sometimes they don't want to just go home and dress out to go to a, totally. have a nice dinner. I can go casual after work and sit in a good place with good meals and good stuff. And so that's great. what we want. So we start working well, class with, yes. And, and working class is like so like lively and fun. It, like it feels really different. You know, I mean, the name tell yeah. tell you everything. It's work and class people. Yeah, it's simple. Yeah, it's happy. It's comfortable. It's comfort food, and doesn't mean because so all the techniques that I learned during the years with Jen, with all the chefs that I work. It's the same thing when I do in my braised brisket, my smoking sausages that I do in high-end restaurants. Mm -hmm. I just present it in a different way that is more casual, yeah. you know, but doesn't change the quality, the consistency, or the work that you put into a dish. Yeah. Uh, so we started doing all the butcher over there, and it was fun. It's shipping containers, all meats and sides, everything separate. So we always think, like, well, you go to a restaurant or a steakhouse, you want to eat filet or scallops or chicken, and it already comes composed with something else, right? Yeah. What if you don't like the setup? What if you're like, oh, can I substitute this for this and this and that? So we decide to do all meats, all sides, all breads. Cool. So you build your plate. Hey, I want to eat vegetables today, but I want fish. Mm -hmm. I want to eat starch today, mac and cheese or mashed potatoes or whatever, but I want brisket today. You you order whatever you want. Yeah. And that's that way so great. it feels good for people. And they feel that they what they paying for is worth it because they are not wasting money in something that they don't like. Yeah. So it was a killer concept. Great. My fear was when we have like metal cups and pie tents to serve the food. I remember some of the regulars from Rioja went to the opening. Yeah. And I just like literally cooking in the open kitchen and I keep looking just like, <laughs> let's see what is the first reaction they have, yeah. right? Or they see. So I'm like, the first day I say, we used to serve beautiful plates, white plates, rectangle with very beautiful setups. Now it's the same food, but it's in a pie tin and doesn't look like, the high-end sure, food, sure. right? And I remember one of the guys, I mean, Jeff Hermanson went to try, and he was the, he was the owner at the time of Larimer Square. He went to try, and he's the partner with all the restaurants of Larimer. Uh, he said, Dana, this is like a dog, bowl, <laughs> whatever. And I say, yep, put the food in your mouth, and then we can talk. <laughs> So I remember he has the first bite and he put it in his mouth. And other people, all the regulars, I just wait until they have the first bite and then they shake their head. And I say, they love it or they hate it. Yeah. One or because the they're like, close their eyes and they shake their head. I mean, it can mean two things. Like, yeah. it's so good or yeah. it's like, oh, fuck, this yeah. is not okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the biggest fear that I yeah. have when I opened working class. And people loved it. We have a line out the door since day one. Amazing. And it was really, really good, too. It feels really good that we 
we create something fun and different and affordable and all of those things for all the communities. Yeah. So, it was good. And so how did you decide to open your second restaurant? Because it's a completely different concept. Well, one of the things is like, I have a lot of people that we work together since Panzano. Mm. Some people don't want to be the owners of a restaurant. Yeah. They want to be keep growing up, but without the responsibility. Mm -hmm. So all those people wanted to work with me for a long time. Mm. So you only have enough room. I mean, I build my kitchens very small. So it's me and two line cooks, two dishwashers, two preps in the morning, and you don't have room for any more people. Yeah. But those people So to you opened day, a second restaurant to employ more people? Yes. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah, right? because then everybody can grow up and I can grow up with wow. them too. That's and incredible. they give me the opportunity to do, you know, Tony always say like, well, you want to keep, keep bringing food to working class. But the concept of working class is American Southern and South Mexico. Okay. And I wanted to keep bringing like, oh, I want to make pate. I want to do all the butcher. I want to make sausages. I want to do this and that. And he's like, Dana, that's not working class people. And I'm right. like, okay. <laughs> and he said, you know what? You need a different place that you can do whatever you want. And I'm like, we create Super Mega BN, which the name is really funny because he comes from one of the uh, cooks that we have. And I'll tell you the story in a second. But it was fun to do a place with all Latin country food. Mm -hmm. So we went to Peru, we went to Cuba, we wanted to see how they make their food and how we can make it better. And the reason why I say that is not because not they don't know how to do it. It's because they don't have the resources that we do. Right. And we are very, very, sometimes we don't appreciate that we can have everything here. When I went to Cuba and they made the ropa vieja, one of the most traditional dishes, amazing. Yeah. It's so good. And I say, you know, I instantly say, oh, I can make this better. And my business partner is like, why do you say that? And I say, because we have the right peppers, we have the spices, we have this, we have that, we have great beef. And they don't. Yeah. They only can use what they can grow and what they have there. Yeah. So it wasn't in the way that I'm cocky about like, we can get this better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's like we have more resources. We can make this amazing so we learned that from different countries. And I said, well, if we do a dim sum, people can try different little plates of um, all over the world That's so great. in one dinner. Yeah. So you go and you have one arepa from Colombia. You have one ceviche from Peru. You have one empanada from Mexico. You have um, coconut shrimp soup from Brazil. Amazing. We have pau de queijo. Like all of those things. I'm like, this is fun. Now I'm not going to run out of ideas. Yeah. I always on the hand, what else can I bring? What else can I do to show these people? Yeah. And pass the food in little cars and you just see it and grab it. It's something <laughs> very exciting. It's yeah. very, you know, you eat with your eyes too. Mm -hmm. So you're like, oh, that's good. What is this? What is that? And you see everybody doing that. So as soon as the car get to your table, you're doing the same thing. So we create Super Mega Bien, uh, Latin Cuisine, and a dim sum card. So it's, it's fun. Nice. And the name, Super Mega Bien. So my line cooks, they've been with me forever. Um, I'm very proud that, you know, my priority in the industry of what I do is the people who do the work. Mm -hmm. It's not even the customers. The customers come and bring the check. But the, your employees are the one who make that happen yeah. with their quality, with the consistency, and with the customer service. Mm -hmm. So if you train them really well, they do the job for you. You don't have to do anything. Yeah. So I think we should appreciate that and take care of them. Mm -hmm. And I always do that. 
one of my line cooks, he's been with me since Bistro Random. And every day I call them my kids, my niños. <laughs> so I say, hey, what's up, niños? How you doing? When I get to the restaurant, he always say, super mega bien, oh. super mega ultra bien. Sometimes he's like so excited. He's like, super mega ultra fucking good. <laughs> and one day I'm just like, well, he's very excited about it. And, tell me, and I say, tell me what does that mean? What is that in your world? And he said, well, you know, I don't have a lot of family in Denver. And every time I come to work, this is my family. Aww. And this is like my happy place. So when you ask me, how you doing? I don't like to say, it's like, okay, good. Like everybody else, yeah. I'm super mega bien. That means it's more than good and more than happy. Yeah. And I say, that's going to be the name for the next restaurant. <laughs> Doesn't mean anything for the world, but it means so much for them. Yeah. And I think that's a good message to give to people like they're happy here. And this is super mega bien. And that's how everything start with that place. So speaking of that, you we spoke a little bit about you know the things that you the work hours that you purposely limit because you want people to have a break and take time with their families mm -hmm. and take time for themselves. But also the sort of dichotomy that for a lot of these people that have come here from a different country the way you did, that is their family. It is. And so, you know, how do you help them develop things outside of work? And I'd love for you to talk about both those things. I know it's kind of a double question. No, I think it's just, you know, everything, I always say everything is about education. Mm. You're learning in life. Every day you learn something new and you try to apply that to your personal life mm -hmm. and to your business. I was one of those persons that I always have two or three jobs. That's yeah. how you start. Because you needed it. Mm -hmm. Because that's going to be the best or the first step you do to keep growing. You need to do that. But then eventually you need to understand that not everything is just about the job. And it takes me a while to understand that. I mean, I miss a lot of events with my kids in school. I miss a lot of things that I couldn't go to weddings, to parties with my family, uh, good dinners because I have to be working. Yeah. So it was hard to try to balance. Until you own your own business, you know you have the power to change things. Yeah. So for yourself to start with and then for your employees. So we try to encourage everybody to work 10 hours for day so they have three days off. Okay. The crazy thing is that when you have new people that like me, when I was here in my 20s, you just want to work. You want money. You need to start building something, whether if it's in your own country where you live, you send the money or here. Um, so if I give them three days off, they go and find another part time. Right. And then and, it's counterproductive because then they're when tired you start when they talking come back to, to you. them, it's different. You know, I say, well, you're going to be so tired. You're going to either... One of these days, you're not going to walk up on time to go to the other restaurant. They're going to fire you. Or you're not going to come and do your 100% to my PM chef because you're so tired. So what are your needs? Money. You need to make more per hour. What if we do something different? So in the restaurant, sometimes we employ or people to do. I have my prep lady in the morning and my sous chef. We create a small other little businesses for them. So they have a cleaning companies. Got it. So they can come and work a couple more hours, but they don't have to work the full day or full shift in another place. And they clean the restaurant in two hours and they make the money right. that they that could they be run. made in, oh, in another place. So, so it's just 
talking to them that not everything is just about how many hours, how much money you make. We find the ways to make them comfortable, to have a good living, but also to take care of themselves and enjoy the time with their kids and enjoy the time with their wives. And they are not tired all the time. Yeah. And you know what? When you get super tired at the end of the night, all we do is just drink. Yeah, exactly. Because it's almost like you need the energy from the... And in 20, 23 years that I've been in the industry, I mean, it, it's actually pretty sad. That's what I always wanted to talk about is we got to take care of our own people. Yeah. I probably see six, seven funerals of those kids that I call my kids. Wow. And they're 29 years old that they killed their liver. Ugh. Yes, because of that. Yeah. And I'm just like, I mean, my daughter, my oldest one is 26. And I can imagine, you know, as a mom that they are in Mexico and they send the kids here to have a better life yeah. and to save money and to build a good future. And we send it, like we have to put those kids on a casket and send it to their families. Ugh. It's it just like unreal to me. It's just yeah. like what we're not doing anything about it. I remember when we started reading about uh, um, Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. You know, everybody was so hurt about it because you don't understand what really humans carry inside. Yeah. When they show to the restaurant with a big smile and everything's fine. Yeah. You really don't know. Yeah. You really don't know what's behind it. So you need to create the connection and you need to make the trust that they can talk to you. Like we have some people, I mean, we provide insurance for stuff, 401k, vacation pay. And if someone has an emergency on their house, like my grandfather is dying in Mexico. We all put money together and we help wow. the family. You just need to be willing to listen to their needs. Yeah. Doesn't mean not all the time you're going to have all the billions to help everybody, but you find a way. When when do you talk to your teams about this? Like, is it every day or do you so have, like, group activities? Every day we do lineup. We call it lineup before we open the restaurant. Yeah. And we find different topics. Like, you guys want to talk about drinking problems. You want to talk about health issues. You want to talk about family, you want to talk about what you want to do in life, what is your next career, are you doing this because you love it, and you're learning about whiskey, like different things. Mm -hmm. But in those 30 minutes that we talk every day, what you're creating is confidence on people to come to you if they need something. Mm -hmm. We don't talk about the issues every day because it will be very... Depressing. Depressing. <laughs> yeah. 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 And you need to talk about everything, but just building that and, you know, creating that bonding between you and the guys. You know, sometimes you say, Dana, can I talk to you outside of work? Absolutely. And they tell you, you know, they're not going to go and tell you when you're with all the co-workers, like, right. I'm in the need. My dad is dying from COVID in Mexico. I'm going to need help. These things or those things or what I should do in a legal resource or whatever. You already, every day when you have that connection, they know they can come to you for whatever reason. Uh, we have one uh, one of my sous chef, uh, his wife, brother, his kid have an accident in a farm, and he died. He was like oh. five, not even five, like four years old. Oh my God. And in cases like that, you never know how things are going to happen. You never oh. expect those things to happen in life. 
So we, I call a bunch of chefs, Jen, Alex Idell, and all of those people, and I say, I'm going to do a dinner to help these families. Uh, and everybody showed up. Yeah. We're going to do a course. We're going to charge this mash. All the regulars from the restaurants and my restaurants showed up. And I say, we don't have everything that we couldn't help everyone, but we find the resources and we use our restaurants as a platform to find the people that they can help to fix the problems. And I think that's the most important thing. You know, that's, that's like, you got to be thinking and be aware of what's up there. What's yeah. behind your dishwasher uh, problems at home? Your line cook, your sous chef, even your business partners. You have no idea. You know, we are in this industry that I always say, in COVID, I was doing an interview because everybody's like, oh, we're fine, we're fine. We're trying. We shift to take out. Yes, we all did. But you know what I say? I'm tired and sick. It's a brain damage when you just pretend they're like, because you care so much and you have pride. Yeah. And we was like, no, yeah. it's good. One day I said, you know what? We're not good. We all fucked. Yeah. We need help. Yeah. We need to speak up. Our businesses, we're losing everything that we created in 30 years yeah. in one year. Yeah. We're literally losing businesses. Everybody's closing. Yeah. They don't know what to do. And it's not fair that everybody's just smiling and saying like, yeah, we're good. Yeah, we try to be good and we try to keep positive. But the reality is that we got to speak up for the issues yeah. so we can find the solutions and the help. Yeah. We're not going to fix it ourselves, but... I mean, look all the grants we have to save the restaurants. Like, if we don't really say we have problems, we need the help, yep. we need to be the voice for all of the people in the industry. And yep. even our customers, we're there to help, you know, everybody, whoever needs. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm trying to create conscious and all the people that they work with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would love to talk about being a working mom, which is hard enough when you work a day job plus you were a single mom plus you were working in kitchens which is crazy hours yeah so did your parents come stay yeah okay so So when I moved here um, they bring my kids like three months later and then in six months they move 100% here with me good so if it wasn't for my parents I would not be here yeah because I never have the time or even if I have the time to have three jobs you know, like paying babysitting for three totally. kids. Totally. No, that's why I was wondering how you did it. And then take the kids to school yeah. and all of that. Yeah. If it wasn't for my parents, there is not a chance. And when I try to tell the, that to my employees, you know, I have the perfect scenario. I have, I'm an only child. My parents would do anything for me. Yeah. And, you know, they help me. They grow up my kids, basically. Yeah. When I was working to build a business so I can support my family and start doing um, and then you feel like you're missing less because they're with their grandparents. Like yep. it's, I mean, it's win-win in a way. I mean, of course, it's hard to miss things. There's no question. It, it was but, hard, you but know. But they were with your parents. I, I mean, mean, I it's remember like one day they my were just with a nanny or um, a daycare or whatever. My daughter you know? told me one day. He say, "Mommy," and she was probably like six. She say, "How much do you make an hour?" I think we all chefs have that question from our kids at one point. Hmm. They say, "Can I buy some hours so you can spend Aww. the day?" and it breaks our heart yeah you know and it's just like well you know that it's not about that but they don't know that yeah and you know it's like some of the graduations some of the basketball games like I couldn't go to every single one Um, my mom and my dad did an amazing job because the same way that they 
that I grow up, mm. they help me to grow up my kids. Yeah. Same thing, you know, I grew up in a uh, Christian uh, church. Obviously, when I moved here, I never went back to church. And <laughs> I, yeah. And then they, I got the nickname Loca. So my family is like, what happened to this girl? What's going on? Um, but, you know, we grew up in a farm. Uh, so my parents have the same way to help me, even if it's in the city here, you know, same values, the same things that they teach me. They do the same thing with my kids. My Great. kids are really good. Obviously, no one's want to be in the industry for that specific reason. Right. So they're, they're not working at the restaurants nope. or anything. My no. oldest one, she's like going into the medical field. Great. Uh, the middle one, she's a full time mom with my two grandkids. Nice. And the youngest one, she's going for a nurse, and also she's a butcher. Amazing. So I so think... somewhat related, the butcher in there. I know. So yeah. I say, well, you like to see human bodies and also <laughs> animals. So that's a pretty interesting combo. It's, it's great. But, you know, it's the point is that my parents did an amazing job to help me to grab those kids, you know. And mm -hmm. if it wasn't for that, not everybody has that opportunity. Yeah. As, again, it's everything about when you have the great opportunity um, in life. But you took it. I mean, a lot of people have opportunities and they don't take them. So I agree. You took it. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Kudos. how did you get the nickname Loca? And tell us about your tequila and mezcal. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so, Loca was a funny, funny. We're talking about that yesterday because that happened at Panzano. Okay. So, when Jen, Jen leave Panzano first to start doing the whole thing for Rioja, and then Beth leave after that, like six months, and I was the last one. Uh, I stayed there with the new chef to kind of tell them how we run the whole thing. And it was this manager, uh, he's a regular of mine now at the restaurants and we become really good friends. Uh, if I, again, I think that everything happened for a reason in your life. Yes. I always believe that. Agreed. So Scott, um, he was a GM at Pansano. Okay. And he was pretty nice in a sense, but also he was a little bit like, Dana, speak English, I don't understand what you say when I start running the line. So the first three months being in charge of the kitchen, you know, like he gave me a lot of hard time. Yeah. And I was pretty young. I was pretty calm. I don't cuss. I was very good. Grew up in a really good environment, place. And at one point, I was just getting sick of that. And I said, well, I don't think it's fair that I go home and cry every day. Because he made me feel that I'm about to lose my job because I can't do what he needs for me. Hmm. You know, when I call for runners and I say, okay, this is going to this table and this is this and blah, blah, blah. And he say, speak English. I don't understand what you say. And whether if it was um, like to hurt me or not, whatever, maybe, you know, at that time I couldn't define if he's like, he want to hurt me or he's pushing me to get better. So right. I just, I take it for three months and I cry here and there and I get home and I'm like, you know what? One day I say, I'm not going to lose this job because of him. Yeah. How can I get better? And I say, I'm going to figure it out if this one is actually like, is something that I can work on it or I can literally just like flip everything. So it was Saturday night after um, same weekend at, as Easter. So Pansano get like super busy that weekend, right? Okay. We have the hotel and we have the restaurant and everything. So it's Saturday night, 7 o'clock, and he's just, like, yelling, like, Dana, Dana, Dana. And then at one point, I don't know what happened. Yeah. I feel this, like, my body getting hot. Like, I'm 
feel like something like really, really bad inside me. And I just turn around and I say, well, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Do you fucking understand me now? And he turned around and he's like, oh, you are loco. And then I say, by the way, it's fucking loca. 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 It's awesome. not loco. And that's how he started calling me loca. I mean, it was a pretty funny story. And then I say, after that, I can It's cannot like every bully needs to be stood up to. But right? it literally was like a reborn. Like, after that, I cannot stop throwing the F-bomb for anything. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, here I am now. This is the me, the new loca, I guess. So that's how they start calling me loca. So I've been carrying that name for 23 years. And, you know, recently now we have our mezcal and tequila, and it's called Doña Loca. Great. For that specific reason. Um, and now I'm building a new bar, Cantina Loca. Nice. To showcase the mezcal and tequila, uh, a great line. Again, I'm applying the same thing that I do with food. 100% organic. People always care for the how sustainable the food is. They're sitting at your chef counter and they say, what is the fish from? Where is the pork from? What are the mm -hmm. heirloom tomatoes coming from? Are you supporting the local farms and all of that? But when they're in a bar, they don't do... Yeah. Oh my they God. don't have questions. Totally. They, I say, well, totally. they, they we are, talk about this all the time. They don't yeah. care. The yeah. They don't care for yeah. the price. They don't yeah. leave bad reviews. They nothing. Yeah. And they literally don't know what they drinking. Yes. And they don't care. I mean, yeah. I hate political bullshit, but I say when people is like, I don't want to take the vaccines because I'm like, wow, fuck you. You know what you put in your mouth when you're in a bar? Yeah. You have no idea. What yeah. do you put here? Yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah. Like, what do you put over there? Like. I try to tell people, like, if you really want to make a difference for your own life, you got to educate yourself, mm -hmm. you know, and they need to do the same thing with their drinks. Yep. You know, uh, out of 1,900 brands we have of the tequila, probably 300 are good. Yeah. And the rest, you can figure that out. So it's just, to me, it was like, well, now I need to start doing something to educate people about they, when they drink out of a bottle, they need to know where this is coming from. Yeah. Who's the people behind? Do you care about them working? Like, even in Champagne, when they get all that job, when they're in um, Mexico taking care of the agaves for, they go to the fields every day for 20 years. Wow. You know, like, yes, to create something really good. Yeah. You never think about that. And then I was, that's how the whole thing started. I was there and it was an earthquake. So I was there in Oaxaca, and the whole thing, literally all the juice that they have in bottles for, you know, 8, 10, 12, 15 years, everything went to the ship. Oh, my God. So then that was my question. Like, how do you recover from something like that? Like, that was 10 years of your life, taking care of all that agaves, and then you do the whole process, and then now it's, like, gone. Yeah. What do oh. you do? There is no insurance in Mexico that you can just call and, like, make a claim. Is, is there an answer to that? You just keep going. Oh, and that's why I'm like, well, I think we need to start putting that into people conscious. Like, they need to understand all those people have a life. Yeah. They lose all the product that it maybe will be paid for their kids' college. Yeah. That they can have to build a better house for their family. Yeah. And all of that is gone because you cannot sell that to create something. Yeah. So it's like people don't understand that. And I say, now that's what we're going to do. 100% organic. I say, there is no fucking star behind the brand, like, you know, right. rock star or whatever. Right. Actor. It's about. Well, there's you. They are. So the don't forget that part. 
but they are the stars. They are the hard workers. Yeah. So yeah, they are the one who yeah. needs to come. You know, we always say farm to table dinners. We need to do the same with the people okay. who's working on those fields, making all those amazing tequilas and mezcals. Yeah. And I think. Uh, supporting them so they can have a better living again. Well, yeah. It's all, about them. You know, all products, we don't like to think about um, alcoholic beverages being agricultural products, and they are. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's it's such an important piece. We talk about it all the time with winemakers. Like, you know, people just want the best vintage, and they don't care if there was, like, hail that destroyed 70 to 90% of someone's crop. The fires? And, yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. So many things that it can happen, right? And, and it's the same thing for everything like uh, any spirit and the wine and whiskey and mezcal and tequila mm -hmm. people don't have the conscience to think about what's behind what's inside that bottle what is yeah. in that liquid what is the story mm -hmm. you know and or mezcal is doña loca by dígame dígame means tell me tell me yeah you know, like here's my story yeah. and this bottle that's what we do mm -hmm. tell me yours yeah. you know and buying that you supporting those people we have a a uh, nonprofit that the girls in Oaxaca, they all the the girls that they lose a member of their family, coming to the state trying to find the American dream, whether they die in the journey, or they never come back and they marry here and forget about their families there, we have them to work in a union, okay. so they can make all the bottles by hand. And they can have a place where the kids can be playing around while they are working. Yeah. You know, all those oh, moms and sisters and yeah. cousins and all of that. So it's about making the difference for the people over there. You know, it's not just having money here in the States and go and give them pennies. Yeah. And you charge a lot of money yeah. here for that. Yeah. To me, it was like, we need to bring their boys here. And especially when it's something organic and something good that you put in on your body. Yeah. And it's not going to make you sick like some of the other ones that they have so much diffusers, additives, and things that it make things smooth. Mm -hmm. But it's literally causing you some issues. Just like everything else when you use, you talk about food, but they don't do on the And we drinks. talk about this all the time because all our friends shop at Whole Foods and get their pasture-raised eggs and pasture-raised beef and all these things and then they go buy like shitty seven dollar wine yep and i'm like don't shortchange yourself there that's going right into your bloodstream you, <laughs> you know? know what i always i always say this word and i talk to my kitchen a lot about ignorance a lot of people find that almost like insulting and i say to me it's probably one of the most beautiful words because that if you put it on your head you know you need to learn more about something yeah and I think we are so ignorant on that. I think on the bars, people go for the cheap chat because they don't know, or the high end because they think the expensive is the best. Right. But the reality is you're not educating yourself about what is this made of and why is good or bad for you. Mm -hmm. And then that the money doesn't matter. It can be very good product for $10, or it can be really good product for $500, but you at least understand what's inside and what's behind. And I think that's one of the things that on the new bar, I'm doing a tasting room so I can bring people like producers from whiskey, from wine, from mezcal, from cool. ricea, from rum, from Panama, whatever. Cool. So they can come and educate people about we can start educating our own people or employees or bartenders so they can start that ball rolling right mm -hmm. they can talk to the customers they're learning and then the people that they're interesting on learning more we can do some 
almost like cooking classes. You know, people yeah. always are interested in learning how to make a pasta, how to make a yeah. tomato sauce, and how to make beignets or whatever. I think now it's time for them to learn how to make a really good, healthy margarita. That I love that. It's going to make you feel good. That's why <laughs> people are here at Steamboat Food and Wine, right? Yeah, right? Everyone's exactly. here to learn and taste and, you know, meet you yeah. and meet all the incredible people who are here. Yeah. So tell us what you're doing this weekend. Like, what what events have you been involved in? Obviously, you're at the Grand Tasting all day today with I your tequila here. and with the restaurant. I did the, I've been doing a lot of the education on the mezcal and the tequila, obviously, Great. because it's what I'm wanting to represent right now. Uh, so I did a seminar on Thursday. Cool. I do a little tasting, and I talk to people about how we produce, what is the difference in between our brand and other brands. Um, so I did the seminar on Thursday, and then I did the dinner last night. Great. Uh, at the ranch, which is beautiful. Was that the Baja dinner? Uh, no, that's no, the... No, this was a... The Marble... What is the name of the farm? Maybe it is Marble. Marble, yes. Yeah. So that was with Jen. Great. And Perfect. Kendra, and it was all females. So it was super fun, beautiful. So we did the dinner five courses um, with a beautiful wine from Peppa, too. So it's all females. It was really, really cool. Nice. And then today I did uh, the tasting with food and also the mezcal and tequila. Great. Yeah. And then that's it. Great. I say I can do three and then I can have fun. <laughs> and then so with helping all your people, all your, you know, two restaurants, a tequila project, all the other things you're doing to help your niños. My niños. And your real <laughs> niñas. How, where do you find time for yourself? Like, where do you carve out that time? Well, you know, after I think everything changed also after COVID. We've been trying yeah. to adjust everything. Uh I try to do, like, Monday with my kids. I try to have Tuesday with my boyfriend. I try to have, like, wine with my girls on Wednesday night or morning, and then I work the whole weekend. The weekends is the time that I'm always at the restaurant. Okay. Last year, everything changed because the shortage of staff is so hard, so you have to be all the time there. And this is interesting because at one point I make a decision. The restaurant used to be open six days a week. Uh-huh. And then after COVID, we opened five days a week. And a month and a half ago, I said, you know what? I can do five nights. And then I have my two days off like with Great. my kids and my family. I went to four nights. I said, you know what? I can. I know I can cook and run the line every night, but I'm going to hate it. Yep. I'm not going to be happy. I'm going to be so tired. Let's go on four days. Good for you. And even my partners are like, are you sure? And I'm like... Yeah, and Tony. So like, you're actually closed three days of a week. We closed three days. That's and amazing. now we're just going back to five. Okay. But my thing is like, you don't want to just try so hard to make everything happen. Yeah. Because then you're burning the people that they are there. Yeah. I say, when we have the right people and the right amount, we go back to normal. Yeah. In the meantime, I mean, I see restaurants that they keep trying, you know, not to change that. And I was part of that. I'm yeah. like, but then. All the employees are leaving because they're like, fuck, I have yeah. to be here a.m. and p.m. and six days a week and I'm so tired. It's not about the money anymore. Especially I don't coming care. off of COVID, yeah. it's a hard adjustment. Yeah. So, yeah. So you got to be smart. Yes, you may be going to lose the money for one day, but you don't lose all the employees. That yep. is already hard to hire people. Yep. And so sometimes like, that much money isn't doesn't make such a nope. big difference that it's worth everyone being burnt out. When you see all the other good things, yeah. it's not enough for you to try to be the hero. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. it's just that you just got to be smart about how you do it. Yeah. This is not going to be forever. But in the meantime, mm-hmm. 
We're going to do the right thing. Yeah. We're going to make sure everybody's and people are traveling and they're happy to spend a couple extra yep. bucks on an entree or whatever it does to kind of yep. even that out. You and know? it's what it is. It's just, you know, you just got to be smart about how you make the, your decision. Yeah. You got to start thinking be- on you. Yeah. Which is one of the hardest things. You know, I always say, last year before COVID, we tried it so hard. And I remember in December, I started getting sick. Like, I was just like, my brain... It was just like, I was exhausted. And I remember my ladies, uh, my prep ladies, that they've been with me forever. Most of the stuff has been 17 years with me. So they say, you know what, Dana? We're going to be fine. We can find a part-time job. We can do, even they say, we can go to fast food restaurants. They're always hiring. They're fine. We can come back when you're ready to reopen and we're all happy. You're killing yourself because you don't want to disappoint us. Yeah. You want to help us and protect us. But if something happened to you, we have nothing without you. Yeah. And when they say that to me, I'm just like, damn, you're right. Like, yeah. I'm going to kill myself. Then I have to close the restaurant for three months because I got a stroke. Like, right. it doesn't make any sense. Right. So that's when I decide, no, let's be smart and let's Good do the you. right thing. And, and, well, and I, I've been learning. Yeah, I'm still learning decision. how to make those decisions. But, yeah. you know, it's part of... As part of adjusting every day but to your that, life. That says so much about the way that you communicate with your employees and your partners and the way that you actually share how you're doing and check in on how they're doing. You know, that's yeah. like that's not a, a conversation that a lot of coworkers have. You have to be very <laughs> open and share everything, yeah. right? Because that's the only way that you can accomplish things. Mm-hmm. Hiding things or pretending it's not going to take you anywhere. You just have to be real and very transparent about everything and you'll find a way. Yeah. I think that's going to be our new tagline. I love it. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Well, you're an inspiration. Thank you. (laughs) In many, many ways. We always love to end on something we're excited about. It can be global, personal, whatever. So what are you excited about right now? My new bar. Yeah. My new bar is the most exciting thing because it's, you know, I've been in a kitchen forever Mm -hmm. and now this is something different. Great. I'm going to use that to educate people in food and drinks and many other things. And, you know, using that place to help the communities and to start this, you know, to change even the industry. I was talking to all the girls early today, like about the restaurant association, everything that we've been doing. And I say, that'd be nice if we can start changing the system that has been broken forever. Yeah. You know, you have yeah. to start somewhere and I think we can always make everything happen when we work hard and we believe in that that's the right thing. Yeah. yeah. And that's why it's so exciting. I'm like, I can wait for this place to open and everybody yeah. come and learn something new and bring something to teach us and, you know, that's going to be the perfect place for you to go and learn or go and teach. Yeah. And I think that that would be a great Great, exciting Do place for Do you have an expected opening date for Cantina Loca? Hopefully the opening party is on November 2nd because okay. it's a bar from Mexico City. Great. Beautiful place with a big tree inside. Gorgeous. Uh, yes, like in Mexico. And, you know, it's Day of the Dead. Day of the Dead, yeah. So we can have a really good start about, awesome. like, the celebrating of life yeah. and everything. Yeah. And that can be really good. I mean, everything can change, you know, construction yeah, and everything that. these years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've been trying to open this one since um, 2019. Wow. So hopefully the building is almost ready. It's crossed. Yeah. And you know what? It's eat, drink, and fuck is my new thing. <laughs> people ask me, what do you recommend people, Jane? And I said, well, 
Or place is uh, always, it's like a hotel, it's an Airbnb, condos that you can rent or live there. And I say, we have food, we have drinks, and we have rooms. Like, what else can I tell you? This is what we need to be doing. Yeah, 2022. Amazing. Um, I love it. So delighted that you. I are hope part I see you guys community. there. <laughs> we will. You will see us in all the capacities. Yeah, can't wait. <laughs> we should do one of this over there. We should. We would love that. That'll be fun. We, we will. Would we love will follow that. up when you open, and we'll come and do something on the education and. Yeah, that would be great. That's great. That would be awesome. great. Awesome. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you.